Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is Yussi, the CEO of Buddy Healthcare. Yussi, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Mike. My pleasure to be here. And uh, you are based in Helsinki, Finland, which is... Uh, a great city and uh, a, great, a great country. And uh, of course, everyone now is asking who is UC and uh, it would be great to have your uh, background and uh, how did you went starting up Buddy Healthcare? Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you once again. So my name is Jussi Mähtä. Uh, I'm CEO and founder of, of Buddy Healthcare. Uh, my background is in Software business. Uh, I actually started my career in 2005 in, in one of the first digital health companies in, in the Finland. Uh, I started as a developer. And, awesome. and um, uh, I think that we were quite early in the market. Uh, that company went into bankrupt in 2008. Uh, then I worked a couple of years in uh, telecom industry in different roles, project manager, business manager, program manager. Uh, Somehow, uh, I have still always had a dream or yeah, dream to become a, become an entrepreneur. I, I don't really know why. Uh, uh, it's not in, in it's it's not in in the plot, so to say. It's like my both both of my parents are nurses as their background, so like a right. typical middle class family uh, workers. But uh, but yeah, that, that that has been my dream. Uh, my I started my first own company in two thousand twelve. Uh, we had a plan to build a marketplace for B2B software, but uh, uh, quite quickly, I, uh, I think that that became my entrepreneurial MBA. Like I, I learned a lot, <laughs> made quite, quite many mistakes. Good investment. Uh, but, uh, but, but anyway, I didn't lose my passion to become an entrepreneur. So I, 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 started, I started building something new and actually... Uh, after that experience, I, I joined one of my customers on that time, which was um, another health IT startup in, in Finland. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and basically with that company, I had a road trip in, in 2015 in the US where I met a couple of hospitals who didn't buy the solution I was selling on that time. But I ended up in a discussion with one children's hospital in the Midwest who started telling me about their challenges with their new outpatient surgery center. Like what they mm-hmm. told was that they had a new outpatient surgery center with uh, more than 10,000 operations per year. And during the worst weeks, like in the flu season, uh, they suffered even 17% of nausea and cancellation rate with their operations. Uh, in addition to that, their nurses spent around 75 to 90 minutes per patient with only preoperative admin work, papers and phone calls. And after mm-hmm. the operation, they didn't have any clue how patients are doing back home. The hospital told me that these challenges would be important to solve, but they hadn't mm-hmm. found a solution to the market that could help them. So I got somehow interested of the challenges, came back to Finland, discussed here with a couple of hospitals, uh, understood that they shared the same challenges. And, and then one thing led to another, and, and we ended up founding Body Healthcare to solve these challenges. Wow, that's that is an amazing uh, story, and uh, 
And great that you have been involved with the, the the one of the first digital health companies in in Finland, and you you were not demotivated by the bankruptcy of that company, neither of your own uh, MBA with your with your own company, because now we have the the luck to have uh, body healthcare and, and the work that you guys are doing uh, with us. So and. Where are you in terms of the stage of growth with 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 body healthcare? So you started kind of seven years ago, right? Yeah, we started seven years ago. Uh, we are we are selling our solution to hospitals, so it's really enterprise B two B SaaS SaaS right. business. Like sales cycles are long, uh, right? But uh, but I think that we've been growing quite nicely during the recent years. So. So at, at the moment, our ARR is, is close to one, 1. 1.5 million euros. And, and, Congratulations. Uh, and and uh, last 12 months growth rate is around 80, 85%. So doing good. That's awesome. So the, the metrics are there to, to raise the next round. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is definitely great. Wait, 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 metrics, metrics are there, but I don't know if market is there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, or the market might be there. Maybe the VC community is a little bit more defensive at uh, at this stage. Uh, but uh, but let's po- let's be positive. You just need to find one or two investors who really believe in the vision and uh, are yeah. willing to to be our partners on on this journey. And I think it, it's good to introduce here that, uh, and we have discussed this already on the show several times, that health tech and healthcare is a is a different beast. It it takes time, and we also see this also outside of health tech. There are some companies that take a little bit more time to get to product market fit, and then they are able to start scaling. Even we saw some companies that are able to bootstrap uh, to d- during 10 years, 15 years, and then join the, the VC route. But um, yeah, it, there are some specificities, specificities about the sector and about your own company that uh, has uh, made you go f- during your journey through seven years to, to get here, which is amazing because I like to repeat this on the show several times. Only 4% of all companies get to $1 million in revenue. Only 0.4% gets to uh, $10 million and uh, less than 0.04% get to $100 million. So just getting to $1 million, it's already uh, a cause of celebration. Uh, but of course, it also takes a lot of resilience, determination to not give up. And, and especially because we, you got here already with 80% of growth year over year. Which is uh, quite quite impressive. So, what are your thoughts in terms of the health tech, your journey to get here? Yeah, I like I've been I've been running this this business for seven years, and and uh, now looking looking back from from today, of course, it's a long long time. Uh, but uh, but on the other hand, if if I just put all the milestones that we have reached. Uh, reached so far I don't see that many points that we could have done faster mm-hmm. so I, I think that the people just have to have to understand how slow moving this this market is like uh, shortly going through our through our history from 2016 so yeah. uh, 2016 we developed 
kind of proof of concept product uh, with, with two hospitals, uh, had a pilot project with like few patients. Uh, mm -hmm. Hospitals said this would be interesting and, and they wanted to have a bit, little bit uh, larger study. And, and basically before you are able to even launch a study, you have to have a more than minimum viable product. You have to right. have all the security things in place because you are in healthcare. Uh, right. So, good point. And 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 like nurses and really patients uses uses the software, and and uh, it's it's never too quickly to actually kick off the study with 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 the hospital. So basically, uh, we we had a little bit larger study between 2016 and the end of the 2016, beginning beginning of 2017. Uh, then we discussed with the hospital whether they would like to take solution in, into use. Uh, we did the uh, medical device certification in 2017 and, and finally we got the first customer agreement in, in the end of 2017, which I think that it was it was fair. It's not fast. It's not easy to sell. And then on the other hand, although although you, I, we were of course discussing with other hospitals at the same time, they all said that hey, uh, we want this your partner 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 to go live first. So, yeah. so 2000, 2018 was pretty much the first year that, that we can say that we had uh, paying customers in Finland. Uh, 2019, we uh, were a little bit scaling. We tried to push hospitals to actually uh, open a public tendering like 90%, 95% of the healthcare market is publicly driven in Finland. So they ha have Got to it. organize a public tendering in order to be able to purchase right. our solution uh, for, the, for the future years. Uh, 2020, uh, we won, or 2019-2020, we won the first tenders. Uh, then after that, we've been scaling and now, now we are in a Good position, like working with two third of hospitals in Finland and and uh, scaling scaling with with uh, with all of them. So I, I think that it's just time that goes really quickly. And 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 when you work with hospitals, you cannot really say to them that hey, now yeah. it's your time to make decision, and or you get ten percent discount if you sign today. They don't care. They have their own right. business. They have their own priorities, and uh, you just have to leave it. Leave it. Yeah. And also, as you said, you you can't launch a very simple MVP to the market. You need to be able to uh, meet some criteria uh, that is important in this industry. And at the same time, you also need to be able to create trust. And everyone wants to be another hospital to test and to take the risk. And then if it is working, then they will follow, right? So and it seems it is the moment that you are now that you already have several case studies. This works. This is great. This uh, this is a competitive advantage for us. And uh, and we want to be part of it. And we, we want to buy your solution. Right? Yeah. And, and funny, funny example, like how, how risk averse hospitals, hospitals are like... Uh, uh, when we were still in, in the early phases of the company, I, I remember one, one CT, CIO uh, saying, saying, saying that uh, we cannot really buy this solution because we don't know if this company goes to bankrupt next year and blah, blah, blah. They don't, have, they don't have that much funding. And then when we had raised our previous investment round two years ago, which was 2 million euros, which is not that big, he's, he had said that, I don't know if we can buy from this company because uh, they have now investors on board and they will 
They sell the company to some people. Company was not interested of us anymore. Exactly. So first, we we don't know if they will be bankrupt. Then they there will be an exit, and then we are not able to to keep with the software and the solution yeah. that we want. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 not easy in that that context, but it's good that that you share these kind of uh, stories and uh, and situations for entrepreneurs to to be aware. Also, in terms of international expansion, as as you said, you started in in Finland and uh, and then you you tried to to move to to Germany, right? And you have some stories around Germany, and and now things are going super well in the in the UK. Yes, so. <laughs> So we actually, uh, when 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 we had first cases in Finland, of course, uh, Finland is a small market, like 5.5 million people. Uh, total number of hospitals is 22. So we basically have 22 potential customers here. Uh, so But this is great uh, in the beginning, right? The focus, it is scary because it's just 22 hospitals, but at the same time, it helps because you can talk to all of them, right? And, and you can understand I, I their pains. I think that there are definitely pros and cons. And pros are that uh, we've talked with every single hospital. And if they said no, we said to them, okay, we'll come back next month. And we'll come back next, we'll come back next month and next month. And, and uh, we basically told them that you are going to buy, but you don't just know when. And that's the question. <laughs> when are you going to buy? Right. So, and at really, like from sales strategy point of view, Uh, or and, and sales management point of view, it's challenging because you cannot really have backup plans. You have your pipeline. If hospital right. says that we are postponing the decision until the next year, there's nothing, nothing. we can do. Uh, right. We cannot get another hospital on board quickly. We just lose that money from that year. So that we started looking for a little bit bigger markets, uh, investigated Germany and, and UK, which are of course great, like... Uh, uh, mm -hmm. There are 100 times more hospitals in both countries than, or at least 10 times, uh, than, uh, than, than in Finland. And, and uh, on the other hand, from sales management point of view, you can really play, with, play more with probabilities. Like right. if this hospital says no, we sell to this hospital. But that has also caused the situation that I have understood recently that there are too many prospects out there. And if one hospital says no, you don't actually sales guys don't have patience to really start discussing right. with them. Why did you say no? They just moved the next hospital mm. and next hospital and next hospital. And, and uh, that's not a good thing either. So you have to be basically able to focus in a bigger country, also a certain amount of customers in order to do the sales right. properly. This is this is great advice because radical focus is super critical and really understanding what we need to iterate on the products and on our value proposition, our messaging, in order to be able to serve that specific segment. So I I love the laser focus of we are serving 22 hospitals in Finland in the next 18 or 24 months or even 36 months, um, given the process that uh, that you just uh, described, it, right? So. And definitely, if if you start with Germany, we were saying that there is maybe 10 times the number of hospitals, 220. It's super easy to go to another 10, another 20, <laughs> and, yes. and just keep going. And then uh, also come to the end of the list and say, oh, there is no market uh, <laughs> here, right? 
but not really understanding why. Uh, what are the yes. objections? I like that. I like that point. And what happened in Germany? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what what happened. But we basically found the first customer uh, really easily. Uh, we we had a tour in Germany, which was actually organized by Business Finland, which is a local government here, a local government organization helping companies to go internationally. Uh, we visited few hospitals. I was, I think it was beginning of 2018. Uh, in one hospital, we pitched our solution and the CFO of that hospital said that I want this solution. So cool. it was like a sale, sales sales made in one pitch. Um, and uh, 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 still, a great I case don't study know for the why. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so of course we got really enthusiastic. Okay, Germany, it's, it's easy market. We'll, we'll, we'll make it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll make it, but uh, we didn't realize how how slow slow it is. And and of course, uh, also on that time, we really didn't have that much funding. So we basically had one consultant, part time consultant, working for us right. in, in Germany, and we relied him being able to sell our solution, whereas we didn't understand understand that how much work the sales needs and how you have to be able to support with different kind of materials uh, right it, it's really enterprise sales case it's not something that consultant yeah. can, can done with his left hand right and it's it's teamwork uh, it's, uh, right. absolutely and and i also think that the germany uh, although it felt easy uh i we also faced difficulties with uh, with US cloud providers like German hospitals weren't that open to use cloud services hosted in uh, with, okay. with, with, with US partners. Uh, compared to Finland on, or UK, uh, the purchasing models are different. So what we didn't know and what we have, what we just have learned is that uh, basically in, in Finland and, and, and the UK, when hospitals are buying the solution and budgeting, uh, budgeting money, they, they make a, budget proposal for hospital management or payers and and uh, then payers say that okay this is good or then they say that you have to cut 10% of the budget and and you are good to go <laughs> but but hospital can basically do the decision themselves what do they buy whereas what I, we have really learned that in in majority of the cases in hospitals uh, in in germany hospitals are funded by insurance companies who pay per operation or pay per treatment and it's, the, it's oh, a fixed price so hospitals actually start asking from us that if I take out buy your solution, who will pay this? And I'm, I've, I've told them, you. That, no, if, no, we can't pay because we, we will lose our revenues uh, and profits if we pay you. Incredible how the model uh, works, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. And, uh, and of course, for the ones who are listening, we, we know uh, why we... It evolved and uh, how it happens in the majority of companies. Of course, you look to stats, you look to size, market size, etc. But then it's very opportunity opportunity driven, and that's why you move it to 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 um, to Germany. And a lot of Scandinavian companies move to to Germany because of market size, and it's quite close um, geographically. And of course, the UK as well. But uh, but usually, Germany you can you can also uh, use the car and, and just go down and, uh, and you are in Germany, right? Uh, 
yeah. more or less. Uh, you all, it, it it is better the plan, I I assume. But um, but anyway, why not expanding ex, uh, expanding across Scandinavia? Would would that make sense, or in terms of the speed of growth, would not make sense at all because it it is much easier to jump already to a much bigger market because then maybe in Denmark. Uh, Sweden, you would have the same problem that you had in in Finland, given the market size, right? Yeah, you you are right. So it, they are exactly the same problem. So I see Nordic, Scandinavian markets, and Norway, Finland, Denmark, uh, Sweden yeah. being uh, similar in a way that uh, the amount of total amount of potential customers is is really small. Uh, so right. you have to be really persistent with the customers. You cannot play with the volumes uh, if you win the market. Uh, yeah. you'll have a good position there. You will you can work majority of the customers, but it's I see that being more like a zero or one. You either are there and you are their dominant player, or you will lose the market in the end of the day. Got it. And and then you decide you decide to evolve to to the UK. What has been the the reason how how it has evolved? That's a that's a good question. So. At the same time, when we were developing the German German market, we actually uh, met with a couple two consultants uh, uh, from from northern part of the UK uh, who who told us that they would have customers for us, and and they first basically become became our resellers. Uh, they found us first two customer cases in the UK, and and uh, uh, at, at at the time when we were then. Uh, raising our previous funding round two years ago, uh, we also announced publicly that yes, we will uh, put more effort in the UK. We, we see that there's a market and it's a growing market. Uh, NHS right. is in crisis after COVID, uh, COVID and such. They need to improve waiting lists, reduce the uh, reduce the backlog, and and uh, yeah. so then we then I started discussing with our resellers back then that. Uh, how how do they see situation? And they basically raised their worries that they they've been able to, they've been able to find find the first customers, uh, and and they've been developing the UK market. And if we now start recruiting someone someone else, they've been actually developing market for them. On the other hand, what I felt was that I had yeah. really good guys in, in in a reseller, but as they weren't uh, natively part of our company, I wasn't able to tell them you have to do this. Go there, right. don't do that. So it was yeah. like a mutual risk sharing that we understood and agreed that they became our our employees, and mm -hmm. and um, so and and basically after also the experience I I would I'd had in 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 Germany and after the funding round we had raised uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I I we started thinking that maybe we have to really double down. The UK market, uh, do it properly. Uh, have, having actually a team there and and start really building market, not opportunistically, but actually having a process and plan yeah. and execute that one. Yeah, kind of the same thing that you did in the beginning with uh, with Finland, but with uh, yes. the advantage that you already had case studies in Finland and also in Germany it wasn't not a, a lot of hospitals but you you, you also had the, the case study in, in Germany to to then uh, hire more people uh, 
Good, good way also um, a market entry strategy to start with the two consultants and then converting them into uh, employees, right? So I think that this can also be an inspiration, especially in the early days where you don't have the funding uh, yet. And uh, given the strategy that you were saying, you only had 22 hospitals. So if you are already in touch with all of them, you will not be bothering them again. So it might make sense to start exploring what will be the next market. So in that exploration stage, you also don't want maybe to hire someone full-time already in that market. So having consultants to test the waters and see how it goes might be a good idea. And then hiring them and, and making them part of the organization and having a much more solid and structured process to of go to market. Yeah, that I have seen actually multiple companies doing, doing from Finland that they've had uh, initially like a consultant and once... Yeah. The consultant has shown their capabilities to deliver, then they yeah. have increased responsibilities. And now the, the great focus is, is to scale up in the UK uh, as yes. you keep uh, adding new clients in Finland, because now uh, you, you must be the market leader uh, with, uh, with the software in Finland. Right? Yeah, yeah. So like a Finland, Finnish market is... Uh, I would say that at the moment, quite easy for us that we, we can really forecast. We know already what happens this year. There won't be surprises in a way, uh, in yeah. a direction or another. And, and now my personal priority or company priority, but of course my personal priority is also to hit the UK. Got it. And, and of course now with 1.5 million, uh, it might make sense to, or you end with uh, almost 100% year over year growth. It, it might make sense to, to raise a, uh, an A round and of course the ones who are listening might be thinking and is the US in the plans of UC and, and body healthcare is it not uh, it might be a little bit later because you need to raise funds first or, or first you need to dominate the UK uh, because if you try to do maybe UK US it, it's too much because already the US is such a big league and such a big challenge and of course the uk as well it's it's a tough market and very competitive market to get in it is uh, so it did it is required investment and persistence and resilience that you have shown uh during your career and with buddy <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly i definitely see that the us market uh it has to be done properly like we have done done the uk but i think that the expenses are double that they are that they okay. are in, in the in the UK. So you think that at least your experience kind of expanding to Germany and now to UK will also be a, a good playbook to consider the US market. Of course, uh, a different market, but anyway, at least you already know that you need to have a much more formalized process. You need to test the waters. You need to be very focused on the region that you will choose. Uh, in the US to start with, with the, with the team recruitment, who, who will be joining you in the beginning. Uh, I think that that's also uh, something important to understand. I think there, there is something that you shared with me that uh, really makes a lot of sense, which is all about, for instance, in the UK, that is your focus now to grow the company, is ensuring that you have the right people on the right seats and the ones who really understand the, the markets on your leadership team, right? So can you share a little bit with, with us the change yeah. that you did? Yes, yeah, so so uh, uh, basically previously our sales were led by uh, by one of the co-founders of, of the company. He, he really did a great job in, in, in Finland, but, but actually uh, 
after we had recruited the first international sales sales managers in in the, in the UK and Germany, he actually came to me and said that you know you see uh, I don't think I'm not the right I, I think I'm not the right person to lead the international sales. I think that we need that's off to uh, yeah. I I think we need someone who knows the market and understands the culture, speaks the language natively. Uh, so. He's still working with us in a really good position. Uh, he has capabilities to help us internationally. But as you said, hats off. Uh, that was a signal to me that we have to do something. And, and uh, uh, actually, last summer, we, we ended up hiring VP Sales and Marketing. Uh, most UK-based, uh, uh, working with, uh, had worked with NHS like 15 to 20 years, knows the business. Uh, been there, I, I think this is the third or fourth scale up he has really joined from around million euro ARR and, and been growing that and that, that, provides double, double tickets. That is great. Awesome. A great point. And do you see any other positions? Uh, by the way, uh, this is this is something that happens also with a lot of European companies, especially the ones uh, kind of seeing the, the matrix of or the movement from Finland to the UK. So you will have some of the seats in the leadership team based in Finland and some of the seats based in the in the second market or in the in the biggest markets. Same happens a lot of times with the with the US kind of product engineering are, are in the domestic markets. And then all the commercial and go-to-market functions are in the US. In this case, it's much more in the in the UK. Uh, yet, do you see any other positions that it, it starts to be important to have them located uh, in in the UK? Uh, and I, I I assume that at the moment you need to also run your leadership team in a remote uh, setting at this stage yes. because you are, you don't have the luxury of having everyone in the same uh, office anymore, right? Yeah, at, at the moment, I think that sales enough uh, at some point. Uh, I, I think that also we should have a much more closer point to customer operations in, in, in the yeah. UK. So that might be the next 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 one. Uh, but yeah. but yet uh, at the moment, majority of the cases in, in Finland. So it, it, it makes sense to have them there. Uh, I've been, of course, thinking whether I should be personally in Finland or UK. Uh, at the moment, I'm I'm happy in Finland. I can I, I can travel. Uh, the challenge we have in in the UK is that uh, the team is spread around the country, so yeah, uh, we don't have a single place where I could actually meet with with all the colleagues uh, when 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 I when I when I go there. So so therefore, it would be make sense for me to be there on 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 daily basis, so to say. And they are distributed because they are kind of sales reps and they are covering different regions and uh, different hospitals in, in the UK, right? Yeah, I, I think that uh, we maybe have overall uh, preferred quality over location. So that yeah. has been a driving. Got it. Sounds priority. great. Cool. Great, great story uh, so far. And then you, you can understand uh, why it takes seven years. So you do proof of concept with two hospitals then you start the rollout with with one of the hospitals uh, then you start testing the waters in a second market the second market didn't didn't take off but then the third market starts taking off and, and starts 
uh, scaling up and, and you still have a huge challenge ahead of you, which is to dominate that market and uh, and still the to think about the, the US as, as the next destiny. So it's it's easy to take 15, 20 years to, to build a, a very large uh, health tech company and you really need to to think long term and to be very resilient in the short and in the in the midterm. The good news is as much case studies you have, the easier it gets to to sell the the solution and uh, you get better and better of course uh, every single time you talk to a to a new hospital. Fundraising lessons, which is always a, a topic that the, the audience is curious about. Uh, I know that raising funds in health in healthcare, uh, we know that the last two years before this downturn has been crazy for, for health tech, seeing the first uh, health tech unicorns or uh, a lot of investment in, in the um, in the in the sector or in the industry uh, but how has been your experience raising funds with uh, with body healthcare to be honest it hasn't been too easy at, at, at least uh, I, I think that the one I challenge being in Finland is that the market is so limited so we cannot really build uh, although uh, Finnish market provides us really good basis and grounds to build a sustainable business, uh, mm -hmm. the total amount of potential customers is still so small that you cannot really think that this will be this can be 10 million euro business in a couple of years in even even in Finland. So basically, we've been forced to go uh, to other markets, and and uh, I, I've also seen that many investors consider Finnish being really easy market to sell. I like say that okay, of course it's easy to Finland. You are all digitalized. You are Nokia country, and you've done that. Uh, but that we want to see see you breaking uh, breaking another market as well before before we invest. And and of course, like for typical SaaS, uh, I, I think that. Also, what I have faced that if we if I discuss with the more like a health tech or medical VC, they say that okay, you are software in the software business. Uh, we don't understand about SaaS. And on the other hand, if I then discuss with the SaaS investor, they say that this is it's too medical. Uh, we don't like it. It's too slow. Right. So that has been definitely. I would say that the funding has been definitely the most challenging part in 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 this business right. so far. Especially pre-seed and seed, I I assume, and, and then of course uh, now you you start having the metrics, uh, the NRR, the ARR growth to to be able to to raise uh, an A round. And the good news is that now you are installed in a much larger market as the UK. So you have, you have uh, much more VCs that might be willing to invest in in body healthcare. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 correct. Of course, then so, it's all about managing, uh, again, the expectations because you still need to create the momentum in the UK to be able to to keep producing those 100% uh, growth years, which is not linear. Uh, and sometimes there are some plat plateaus that are difficult to to crack. And uh, that's where the patience of the and the partnership of the VCs are, are really important to count on, right? And we come back to... It is good to have someone who understands health tech and SaaS and enterprise uh, at the same time. And it also becomes yes. a criteria, right? So who are the investors who have in their portfolio companies who made it 
very well in healthcare, in 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 SaaS and in enterprise, or maybe a combination of those who can be on the board to to help the company out. Yes. Cool. Okay. Any any final reflections before we go to the quick question answer mm -hmm. segment uh, about your journey, Yusi? Maybe, maybe, that is, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe that is something that I want to really, really highlight. Like I say, that investors have, have told that Finnish is easy, easy market to operate. And I, I must say that I agree with them. Like my experience is that in, in, in Finland, you, uh, if you sell like a digital solution to hospital, uh, hospital hospitals pretty much agree that, yeah, we have to, we, we cannot sustain the uh, current uh, cost level. Uh, digital solutions will improve processes. They will save the costs, but they we don't know the need to show the evidence that we actually save the cost. Uh, whereas in in the UK or Germany, hospitals always ask, "Where's the business case? Can you show me the ev evidence?" So it's it's really more data driven decision uh, decisions. And and when you are digitalizing healthcare, you cannot necessarily show the exact results that this is or this is it you yeah. basically have to have your the dream in your head we are going to that direction this is how our processes will look in 10 years and and understand that it will save time but you have to get there somehow yeah, yeah. so and maybe they also have this kind of thought process and decision decision making process because there are so many SaaS solution available in the UK and in Germany that you need to prioritize and understand what is the business case uh, that is in front of you so you can do that prioritization, right? So maybe in, in Finland first, there is much more, they are much more open for those kind of solutions and maybe there is not so such higher supply of, of solutions that are made locally uh, and that also speak uh, Finnish, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true as well. So the the opposite also works. Uh, the yes. competition also doesn't make so much effort to go to to Finland if they are in the UK because if they are in the UK they are thinking about how do I jump to to the US. If they are in Germany, maybe they are thinking about how do I jump to <laughs> to the UK or to France, right? So they are not considering Finland as the as the next step. So then the early adopters and the initial companies can dominate the markets and not have too too much noise uh, disturbing them uh, in the in the local market. Yeah, <laughs> you you are right. Cool, great, always great reflection to to think, of. And, and that's why uh, European expansion is so beautiful, right? Because U.S. expansion it is not so easy as as Europeans tend to think because of course there are different regions, different cultures within the US, but still the same language uh, helps a lot in Europe. Again, just uh, growing across uh, the Nordics or Scandinavia, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Southern Europe, uh, France, Germany, UK, there is so much diversity that, uh, yeah, definitely there there is the need of a of a playbook, and it's it's it is not super easy to understand what to do uh, next, and it always depends also on the product, on on the team, on the on the stage of maturity of the company. But anyway, let's go to the last questions of of the show. Um, Wonderful. The first one is: 
if you would have the opportunity to uh, meet Yossi for a coffee at the beginning of Buddy Healthcare, what advice would you offer to your younger self? I, I would say uh, keep persistent, uh, trust yourself. Like I, I've met so many advisors during my journey who has, who have told the wise stories, but but in the end of the day, uh, I, I think that the entrepreneur knows knows typically best what is best for his company. Love it. What are you the most proud of on your journey so far since 2016? Right? Of course, uh, I'm I'm proud the way how we've been able to scale the company in Finland and now enter the UK. But I also must have to have to highlight that during these seven years, uh, I've got three kids at the same time. Wow. Uh, this is a great so achievement. Basically, 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 my daughter was born at the same time when we founded the company. Then in 2018, I got twin sons and, and they are all doing Amazing. great now. Of course, thank you for my uh, wife, wife as, as, as well. But anyway, I'm really proud that I've been able to grow the company, but also to grow and be that for three kids. This is this is quite an achievement, right? And everyone would think if you are having the first kid, don't start the company at, at the <laughs> same time. And if you have another two, go do other things. So, <laughs> and you you kept moving uh, moving for uh, any advice on. Sorry to sidetrack here, but I think it's really a, a great topic. Uh, any any advice for? for dads uh, or moms that are starting their companies and uh, might be thinking, oh, it is not compatible to have kids and, and start a company as an entrepreneur at the same time. I, I think that this is... Uh, an excuse? And it's, it's, it's an excuse. And I think that it's, uh, of course, I, I can say that it, there were really heavy times and really tough times. But on the other hand, I think that it's it's also mentally good that you are not thinking your company 24-7, but you also have something something else. So it actually ha- forces me to be efficient and focus on essentials. If I would if, let's say if I would be single uh working 24-7, I, I think that my my head would be just exhausted of all, all the information I I, I generate. Burnout. Able to get there. Yeah. Much easily. Got it. Worst advice ever received. I think that uh, uh, I thought about this this a bit when when you said that you're going to ask this question, and I think that the worst advice is is really that uh, you you cannot have anything when you are growing growing the startup or founding a startup, you cannot have anything else on your mind because I, I think that it's it's in the end of the day, of course, it's the lifestyle, but in the end of the day, it's still just the work. You have to be able to take your uh, take care of yourself. You have to be yeah. your own life as well. Yeah. And the expectations still of, of some people in the ecosystem that uh, that you, you can't have a life and you need to suffer, suffer, suffer in order to uh, build a company, right? So, and determination, commitment, belief is different from uh, killing yourself to build the companies. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Two different Definitely. things. And resources, especially when you are dependent or when you are investing all your eggs in one basket and the ones who are telling that are not investing all the eggs in one basket, right? So, yes, <laughs> especially yeah. for those. And, and resources, favorite book? 
favorite book i i don't read uh assets i have family i have company i don't have read uh, time to read that often but when <laughs> i read i read uh biographies either from athletes athletes or from business people i love it we are too favorite movie or our series that goes the same i don't have time but uh but still my long time favorite is uh downtown happy if you have time to do a run or go to the gym favorite podcast <laughs> excluding this one uh <laughs> it's I, i was about to say 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 this one but uh Uh, I have a couple couple of sport podcasts I actually listen, but cannot name name the favorite. Okay, uh, can you share some of some of the ones you listen to they, without saying? Yeah, the they are too? like a Finnish Finnish podcast uh, talking right. about uh, ice hockey. Pretty much ice hockey. I'm a big ice hockey fan. So got it, got it. Cool. Yusin, thanks so much for making the time. It was really a pleasure to host you on the show and, and congrats for, for your journey so far. My pleasure, Mike. And to our community, thanks for being there. We keep bringing you the best of the best and amazing stories like the one uh, that Yusin just shared with Buddy Healthcare to inspire you and make your life a little bit easier scaling up your company. See you soon and keep scaling. 